Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s. And Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey. We created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi guys, before we get to today's episode, we want to share how excited we are to offer our community 20% off their first order at Sakara with code XO Courageous. We have been big fans of the company for years and the Sakara Life organic meal delivery program is based on a whole food plant-rich diet that includes fresh, nutrient-dense, and delicious ingredients. It's perfect for those weeks you need a refresh or don't have time to meal prep. They also have a clean boutique, which offers delicious food forward bars, snacks, beauty water drops, and my personal favorite metabolism super powder, which works to fire up your metabolism, stabilize blood sugar, eliminate bloat and decrease puffiness. The naturally rich, low sugar, dark chocolate flavor is perfect for smoothies or simply mixed with coffee and nut milk. I also regularly use the Sakar cookbook full of plant-rich recipes, which you can purchase on their website. Click the link in our show notes to visit sakara.com and use code XO Courageous for 20% off your first order. We know you will love it as much as we do. Now on to the episode. Hi everyone. Welcome back to today's episode. Um, before we get into our episode with Jen, which is a wonderful conversation on nutrition, uh, we're going to share our updates for the week. So Allie, how are you doing? What's going on with you this week? Yeah, I'm good. Um, gosh, this week has just flown by. Um, I've been busy. I feel like there's a lot going on, but, uh, in a good way. And, um, we had a big full moon this week. Definitely felt all that. Um, but I have to say I've been sleeping. Like there were a couple of nights where I had bad, like weird disrupted sleep, but then like the night after I had the longest, deepest sleeps too. And I've been feeling like I've been needing a little bit more sleep. So I'm just going with that. Um, yeah. And just kind of, I don't know, really embracing the fall season, trying to do more seasonal cooking, which I enjoy. I always try to keep it simple. I like roasted, um, some sliced apples and cranberries the other day. And I put a little bit of like Lakanto, which is a monk fruit sweetener. Um, they make a maple liquid Lakanto and it's kind of a good substitute for syrup. If you want something without the glycemic load, not that maple syrup isn't yummy and great, but if you want 
something that's not going to spike your blood sugar. It's a good option. And I, I tossed it on the fruit and I also put cinnamon on it and I just baked them and it was really good. The cranberries are tart, but the apples are sweet. So it was a nice combo. And what else? I'm cooking more squash, you know, doing, I did some spaghetti squash in the instant pot. It's like the easiest way to do it. Um, and going to make some butternut squash soup too. So I'm just kind of embracing that part of the year. Um, yeah. What's going on with you? Yeah, no, same. I, um, I'm full in, I wouldn't call it seasonal eating as much as pumpkin. Like everything is like pumpkin oriented. I know we both too got our friend Jess body bliss by Jess. We got her healthy, um, healthier, basic bliss, pumpkin spice mix. I um, love the name of it too. It's hilarious. Basic, basic, basic bliss. bliss. <laughs> so funny. It's true, so cute. but it was, it was so yummy. And so I've been using that, um, on its own with some nut milk or mixed in coffee to make like a basic bliss pumpkin spice latte. So I love that. And then, um, actually this, this episode comes out on Wednesday, but Monday for our Patreon page, I'm actually experimenting with, um, if it turns out it'll be on our Patreon page on Monday. So here's hoping, but, um, three ingredient paleo pumpkin chocolate muffins that I hope are very easy and quick. And so I'm experimenting with that this weekend. If they turn out, that'll be on our Patreon page. They don't turn out what I will share on Patreon or what will now be live on our Patreon this week is, um, I do have a good recipe for paleo vegan pumpkin chocolate chip cookies that are really, really good. And I'm getting even better at the recipe. The first time I made them, they were just okay. And now, now they're really good. Um, so, but it's just slightly more complicated and requires more ingredients. So I'm really trying to perfect like an easy, accessible, cost-effective three ingredient chocolate pumpkin, paleo, vegan, gluten-free muffin. So stay tuned, stay tuned, everyone by this episode release. You can check our Instagram and see how it turned out. So it's like a little sneak, but, um, other than food, other than pumpkin food, um, I, my new thing this week, it's not even new is Vanderpump rules is back. And that is my favorite reality TV show. Like I love it so much. I just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And I enjoy watching it so much and yeah, it's back. And so that's what I'm watching. And I do really like Bravo, but I just like, there's so many like housewives. There's so many, um, there's so many different things you can watch. So I like that Vanderpump rules is just like this one show, whereas like the housewives have so many franchises. Although I also am watching real housewives of salt Lake city because it's a new franchise. I didn't know that existed. It's new. So because I haven't kept up with all the housewives franchises, it's kind of like, I'm less inclined to just jump in. Whereas salt Lake city, this is just the second season. So it was easier to jump in and get to know, the cast of characters. Um, so and Salt Lake is such a pretty background for this time of year too. It's snowy and yeah. Yeah. So, you know, pumpkin baking and reality TV is where, is where I am. And sorry, last thing I started the vampire diaries again, just to get into like Halloween, even though it's not really Halloween and we're going to, we're saving you. I think we're going to binge you Halloween weekend. Do you watch you now? Mm-mm. it's disturbing, but good. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Like Erica and I have very, we like overlap with certain things, but then it's like, I'm like the person who 
I, I like don't do the reality as much, but if I do reality, it's literally cooking shows or home improvement shows. Like that's it. I love those too. (laughs) I, yeah, that's true. And then, but I, I'm like laughing. I know that we've like watched certain things overlapping, but then like, I'm like binge watching, or I did binge watch this past year, like the Sopranos from the beginning and like darker (laughs) things. I feel like, or like Mare of Easttown. I think you watched that Mm -hmm. too, though. I, yeah, I do have like the lighthearted. Well, I'm yes. And you're, we're both watching morning show. I'm behind on that. Um, so good. I just finished only murders in the building. Can't recommend enough. Allie, you have to finish it so we can talk about it. No, I keep so falling good. asleep, but I need to. Um, yeah. I feel like this, it's like cozy season. It's like yeah, TV, a little bit more time at home and some books, some baking. Yeah. And it finally, it finally feels like fall in Los Angeles. Just the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks. It's really got cool. It's cooled down. I mean, by like two or 3 PM, it's still like, can be like 75 or 80, but in the mornings and in the evenings, it is cool and that is lovely. So yes. And this again is a great episode today. We talk a lot about nutrition and Jen is such a great resource. So do you want to get into the episode? Yeah, let's do it. Let's intro her. Yeah. So today on the podcast, we sit down with Jen Trepic, host of salad with a side of fries podcast. Jen has been described as a force of nature in the wellness space. And in addition to her podcast, she is an optimal health coach and business consultant. Jen grew up in a family of dieters and eventually fell down the rabbit hole and began her weight management saga. Eventually, Jen discovered nutrition education that changed her life and her relationship with food. And from there, Jen set out on a mission to pay it forward. On this episode, we unpack Jen's personal wellness journey, discuss her nutrition philosophy, and Jen also offers practical nutrition trips, tips and tricks with us today. We also had the pleasure of being guests on Jen's podcast, Salad with a Side of Fries, which she launched after over a decade of working with clients. Her platform is based on science, yet still lighthearted. So if you want even more in our show notes, you can find a link to our episode of Jen's podcast too, where we share a bit more of our own journeys and talk all things nutrition. Enjoy the episode. This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper-clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand that offers a wide variety of non-toxic bath, body, and skincare products that will make you feel nourished inside and out. And for our local to Los Angeles listeners, Milk and Honey has the most beautiful spa that just opened. I recently had a massage at their brand new Brentwood, Los Angeles location, and I really recommend it. We are so happy that Milk and Honey spas are now in LA after being the go-to spa with multiple locations in Texas. They offer facials, body treatments, massages, and lots more at their beautiful new space. Yes, I am about to book a treatment too, and I can't wait to check it out. I'm just so happy to have a spa that I can fully trust in our area now. 
And for all of our listeners, their online boutique offers products from the Milk and Honey line and from other top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, and more. Some of our favorite products include Milk and Honey's baking soda-free aluminum-free deodorant and lavender tea tree, which I have been exclusively using for years. And I also love Milk and Honey's gel cleanser and Osea's body oil and Vegas nerve oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. If you want to try Milk and Honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CWPODCAST, one word at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. This episode is brought to you by our health coaching subscription service on Patreon. The Courageous Wellness Collective has expanded on Patreon to bring our listeners and clients an all-access accessible platform to educate, inform, and create nutrition and lifestyle habits to meet your personal goals. For $8.99 a month, patrons will receive weekly video content on topics ranging from blood sugar stabilization, gut health, hormone balance, energy, sleep, skin health, how to shop the grocery store, pantry staples, and much more. Included, you'll also receive access to monthly virtual webinars, recipes, and special guest content too. With this subscription, you are guaranteed at least four pieces of fresh health coaching content each month. To learn more and become a patron, visit www.patreon.com slash courageous wellness, or check out our show notes. We look forward to welcoming you to our coaching community. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jen. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you guys again. Yeah, us, us as well. We're really looking forward to it. So um, just to start off, can you tell our listeners a little bit about you, your personal background and your own uh, wellness journey and then how that's led you to the work that you currently do? Yeah. So it's funny. So I was a dancer growing up. Um, I joke that I was like the skinny one in a family of dieters, (laughs) which, you know, was awesome until that went away and it was no longer awesome. And I was like, oh, right. Genetics are a thing. And, um, it was also like high school to college. I stopped dancing. Everything changed. Right. And so I started to gain weight and I was like, okay, I know what to do. I watched my family do this my whole life. Cool. Got it. Tried every diet under the sun, like gained and lost over and over. And I mean, it was just for years. Like there were times where I felt like I would breathe and gain weight. Mm. You know, I remember because like it, it was never a thing growing up. Like I remember days as a kid, like shopping with my mom, it was like our activity and I I could try on everything and I would have to weed things out because everything fit. And then I remember vividly in college, like trying on like business casual clothes for interviews and just like breaking down in hysterics in the dressing room because like I hated how I looked in everything and, you know, and then the things that looked okay or actually fit, like I saw the size and like had a nervous breakdown, you know, and it was like, I just remember at times feeling so out of control and like every diet was like grasping at straws and whatever I could do. And like, things always worked for a little while, or I would try something and feel like I was doing it forever and it wasn't working, 
you know, or I wasn't getting the results I wanted. Fast forward, graduate from college, still on this roller coaster, start working. And immediately after I started working, I was there for a couple months and I was bored. And the other thing that happened was I, our family was planning our annual December vacation and I had to go into the computer system to request the time off. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, okay, I am requesting permission for access to my own time. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, but I know it's not going to be this. Like, it's not going to be working for somebody else in this way. And really, so then I started looking for things to do in my spare time outside of work, mostly because I was bored. And then also with this idea of like, I want to make some money on the side with the intention of like taking that money and investing it and hopefully just retire early. In that process, I learned about the weight management program that I now teach and work with. And I was like, no, 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 that's okay. <laughs> like I've got my thing, right? My thing was this crazy roller coaster, merry-go-round, whatever you want to call it. But I was like, no, 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 I don't need whatever information you have. But I saw people who were following this program and two things struck me. One was that they were keeping the weight off. And the second thing was this woman was telling her story of losing like 150 pounds. And everything she said after that, I heard no words. It was like the teacher and Charlie Brown because like I was having like my own conversation in my head staring at this woman because she's telling me that like the equivalent of another human was attached to her, but I couldn't see where 10 pounds could have been on this body. Like it just did not compute in my head. And I had a moment with myself of like Jennifer, right? Like not Jen, right? Like Jennifer, <laughs> they know something you don't know because this does not compute with what you know. Like get out of your own way, see what they have going on. So I followed the program. I worked with a coach, completely changed my life. Like the only thing that's allowed me to say I've kicked my food issues. Hmm. And so I was like, okay, this is my thing. This is what I'm going to do on the side because the information that I learned, like – I was dumbfounded that this isn't what we were taught. Mm. And like, how could that be? And so I was just so passionate about like getting this information out there, you know? So this was back in 2007. So late 2007, I started working with clients on the side. And it was like these worlds collided where like the, I was looking for something else and then I found something that I was super passionate about that made sense to me, you know, and fast forward, I built my business on the side for 12 years, mm -hmm. almost 12 years. I left my full-time job July of 2019. Mm -hmm. That's when I launched my podcast. So my podcast started August of 2019. It's called Salad with a Side of Fries. And I mean, I suppose you could say the rest is history, but it's one of those where, you know, I had no idea in 2007 that this is where I would be sitting. Yeah. But it's all like, you can connect the dots looking back, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. No, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know too, like talking about weight and hearing about weight for it's so personal because 
it's so personal and it can be so (laughs) vulnerable. So thank you so much for sharing your journey with us before we unpack what your plan is in your program and how you work with people. Cause I'm so interested in your method and, and how you are able, like you said, to, um, apply it to yourself and help other people as well. How did you just to like backtrack? Cause I'm so, yeah. this has been something that I've been thinking about a lot. I think, especially in this last year where so many of us were at home, we were out of our routine. We, especially if we were working from home, we were always by our kitchens and our snacks. And it's interesting because even myself personally, I have a, I have a weight loss journey. I have a story with my relationship with food too. And It was interesting because there's times where I think, and I know I've talked to so many girlfriends about this and even so many people I work with where we're okay with how we look or we're okay with what we're eating. But then kind of, it reminded me when you talked about like, you just didn't like what the number said, right. In the clothing, like you didn't Mm -hmm. like the size of the clothes. It's just interesting before we go into like more of like the weight and the program and all of that, that like mental component, right. I think is so probably even more important than anything else because, um, it's like how many times you like, I'm happy in my body or I like my skin, but who I don't like that. I'm not in my quote, skinny jeans, or I don't like, yeah thing is like in that moment, I wasn't happy in my body. Mm. I wasn't happy in my skin. Yeah. And it was like the number, like the size on the clothes confirmed Mm. and validated, right. Everything that I was sort of feeling anyway, Mm. it was like the concrete proof that it wasn't in my head Mm. Mm. because right. Like before that, and you know, when I was a kid and growing up, like all through high school, like that was never a thing for me. And so it was also the contrast for me personally that made it quite a moment, you know? And I think to your point, right? Like the scale and the number on the clothes or whatever it is, is like so misleading and so not the barometer that we want to be looking at. But for me in that moment, it was the concrete validation that it wasn't in my head. It was like the affirmation of everything that I was feeling inside. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Cause I think too, like, at least for me, it's like that mental component of it yeah, has always been more than, than necessarily like the way I look or the size of the clothes, et cetera. Like it's such a, it can be such mental gymnastics because of right. Like this is a right. different conversation, but it's hard to not <laughs> ignore it when you're talking about weight, right? Like diet culture and media and like I all can't of even. that messaging. And now I can't even imagine being Gen Z with TikTok and Instagram and just like t- and filters, right? Like, gosh. So yeah, oh my God, but then all the Khloe same- Kardashian recent stuff of like, an oh my gosh, unretouched photo. Like, I-, I just can't. And also, sort of like to jump on that bandwagon. Like, one of my biggest pet peeves is before and after photos yes. on social media. Like, I just can't. Well, yeah. And, but at the same time, like you said, like, there is nothing wrong. I certainly don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to manage your weight or even like, you know, like if abs are your goal, great. If not having abs, your goal, great. Like we all have different bodies and we all have different goals, but, um, yeah, just that mental gymnastics is something I always think about because I think sometimes for a lot of people and not for all people, right? Like your experience, it was confirmation, but I think sometimes it can be like, well, 
are you happy in your body or are you just not happy with like the number on the scale? Right. Like if you do, you know, or. Right. And and that's part of like my thing with the before and after photos is because the real transformation you cannot see in a photo, the important transformation, the important things you can't see in the photo. And so we see the picture and make a whole lot of assumptions about whatever that means, you know? And so to your point, like there's such a mental piece of it that goes so far beyond whatever tool you're using to Mm -hmm. measure, you know? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I I'd love you to speak to, cause you found this sort of, you call it a program or a method that you teach that all that you gained education in where you had that moment where you're like, oh, they know something that, or they have information I don't have, or I don't yet know. And now you've really used it for yourself over the course of however many years, more than a decade and built a business around helping others with it and can recognize the aspects of like, you know, diet culture that you don't like. Right. How do you, how do you, and maybe this is the time to talk about the method that you um, teach a little bit, because I'm curious how you sort of utilize certain tools that are really helpful and reconcile that with not falling prey to the pressures um, or like putting, you know, like different names on the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Okay. So yeah, exactly. So fundamentally, I think what this teaches you know, like it's a curriculum, like it's a 12 week curriculum and it starts out dealing actually with nutrition. Like here's how foods impact our body. Here's how our body processes food. And as much as there is individual variation, humans are 99.9% the same genetically. So there are certain things that are fundamental (laughs) about how the human body works. And then within that, there that 0.1% has enormous variation from person to person. But there's a fundamental component of how the body works that becomes critically important. So what I learned basically allowed me to encounter food decisions from an intellectual place instead of an emotional place. So for instance... I worked in an office, so I worked full-time for years in hedge funds, and there was always a kitchen with food. And in one office in particular, Mondays was like continental breakfast, and Fridays was pizza and salad for lunch. So Monday mornings, I could go into the kitchen the first time and get my water and ignore the food. Have a conversation about it, but ignore the food. By the second or third time, I'm sitting there, I'm walking in the kitchen to get some water and those foods are talking to me, (laughs) right? Like I cannot ignore them. And then the conversation I would have with myself is like, why do you suck? Why can you just not eat the mini scone? Like just because it's free, you don't have to eat it. Like, right? Like that whole diatribe that we've all had at some point in our lives, when I learned the, this information of 
blood sugar and how that impacts hunger. And the truth is whether we're burning fat or storing fat is a function of blood sugar and all these things. So then I remember it like vividly. I walked in the kitchen one day and I go, oh, I get why that scone is appealing to me right now. So what I really need is actually to just go eat the breakfast that I planned on. And then if I still want the scone, I'll come back and get it. But at least I know that I've had some protein and some fiber and some quality nutrition. And then even that scone won't have the same impact on me as if I eat it right now. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm such a blood sugar nerd. And as, as yes. you know, just hearing you speak about this, it is fundamentally empowering to understand from an intellectual point of view, yes. like you said, as a human body, and we've been taught so much incorrect information. Exactly. So having the information about how food works at, in our bodies, as you said, then you can, if you want to go have the scone, you can still go have the scone, but the decision to eat the scone is going to come from a very different place because you understand physiologically what's happening in order to make those choices. And that is right. Super empowering. So it's, it's kind of, I, I get excited to hear. Yeah. And that's, but that's the whole thing yeah. because like, you know, a lot of times when we crave sugar, right. And that scone, the croissant, it's fast fuel to the body because, you know, it's giving us that sugar. And so a lot of times when we crave those things, what we really need is protein. And we crave those things because our body is hungry. And when we're hungry, that's fast fuel. So it is chemical. A lot of our cravings, right? It's not all willpower. Even willpower is science, but it's not all willpower. A lot of the cravings are chemical. A lot of the foods that we eat have chemicals in them that hit our opioid receptors and and also hit other receptors that turn off our ability to know when we're full. Like that, remember that commercial of like, you can't eat just one. Was that Pringles or something? Or, or what was that? I, I don't remember, but I remember the commercial. Yeah. Like, I remember like, the slogan. Yeah. yeah. Like that's chemical. That's yeah. not you. That's a function of the food. Like you don't suck. It yeah. has nothing, yeah. you know, like, and that was the thing. It shifted everything from feeling like I had to like white knuckle it and willpower my mm. way to health. And then all of a sudden, like everything was easier. Yeah. yeah it's so empowering. I, it's similarly, I mean, I had like people who listen to our podcast know this. So if yeah. you're new, you can go back, but I had almost an accidental weight loss, self-love journey. Um, and I think that's why I like focus so much on the emotional component because I was such an emotional eater and, um, I had terrible body dysmorphia and all that stuff. But similarly to you, when I really learned about what food was doing for what food was yes. doing for my body. And even like you said, it's not, I find this so empowering because this like negative self-talk, right. That we all have. Right. It's like when you understand it from a scientific standpoint of what your body is trying to do, your body is just trying to survive. Totally. Like it's literally just trying to keep you alive and survive and thrive. And it thinks doing it is through the scone, and but then you the can way, teach like, it. Yeah. Yeah. And the body is so smart. Like it knows to say scone over something else which I just when think it's is incredible. Starving. It's yeah. unbelievable. And I was like, the more I learn, the more amazed I am by the human body. Yeah. And same. I always, I said to somebody the other day, I was like, thank God we don't have to think to breathe. 
like the amount of stuff that our body does without us having to consciously make it happen is also astounding and unbelievable and like not modern day, but miracles, you know, <laughs> like it's amazing. It's, it's really true. And so, okay. So sorry. I know we had got, we sort of digress yeah. because we're equally as excited about that information <laughs> and sharing that information. Um, but so to go back to that, you say there's a 12 step module that right. you learn in this curriculum uh, or modules in this curriculum. Um, yeah. So we start out with the nutrition components of it, okay. right? And then we get into all of the habits and behaviors and stress and, you know, all the things that make it difficult to choose a cucumber over a Twix. Cause like no one needs to tell you that that's what we should do. And I hate that word. Like I use giant air quotes, you know what I mean? <laughs> like no one needs to tell us that a cucumber is better for our body than Twix, but there are certain situations that make it infinitely more difficult to make that choice. Mm -hmm. So one piece of it is by starting with the nutrition stuff, we make it chemically easier to make that choice. Then we can get into all of the habits and behaviors and the other stuff that contribute to those difficult situations or when we're turning to the food to help us with difficult situations. And so the way I sort of describe it is like when we start and we feel like we're all willpower to make it happen, it's like we're standing at the bottom of Mount Everest like naked and barefoot and someone's like, climb, climb climb. Why aren't you climbing? You know? And then I felt like once I had this, the first half of the information even, right? Now I'm standing at the bottom of a ski hill in Vermont with skis, boots, poles, a jacket, gloves, and a chairlift. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, I can go down this hill. And if I fall on that run, I can see what I did and try it again. But when we're standing, it's a totally different starting point when you've tackled some of this chemical stuff first. We want to take a quick break from this episode to talk about today's sponsor, Ned. If you have listened to this podcast, then you know I struggle with anxiety that can often lead to disruption in my sleep. When I first learned about CBD being a natural and powerful solution to anxiety, sleep disorders, muscle pain, headaches, and so much more, I became very passionate about finding the best source to put in my body. Enter Ned. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil is pure, potent, and the company shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process, all right there on their website. I use the products daily to support better sleep, reduced anxiety, and pain relief, and their hormone balance blend has been a game changer as I transitioned off of birth control. Right now, we are both really enjoying Ned's brand new product, which has been in development for over a year, the De-Stress Blend. The one-on-one -on -one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full-spectrum hemp, and check out these ingredients. 
CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. Ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health, a key player in your mental health. And cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Ned's quality also speaks for itself. Ned's products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time guest on Courageous Wellness. If you want to try the new De-Stress Blend from Ned, a brand that we love and trust, we have a special offer for the Courageous Wellness audience. Every order over $40 qualifies for 15% off and a free De-Stress Blend sample. Go to www.helloned.com forward slash CW podcast or enter CW podcast at checkout to take advantage of this offer. That's H E L L O N E D.com slash CW podcast to get 15% off plus a free D stress blend sample on any order over $40. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring our program and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. You can also find this information in our show notes. We are so excited to offer our listeners a new discount to one of the best probiotic supplements on the market, Seed. Whether you are a Patreon member in our nutrition community or a regular listener of the podcast, you know that Ali and I are both very serious when it comes to the importance of gut health and building a thriving microbiome. I personally have been using seed for months and have noticed a big difference in my digestion and bloating. I am now devoted to taking seed every morning before food and I'm really excited to share their daily symbiotic with our audience. The formulation of the daily symbiotic combines a probiotic and prebiotic, is vegan and gluten-free, and includes 24 clinically studied naturally occurring strains not found in yogurt or fermented foods and beverages, and lives up to the highest standards for human and planetary health. Yes. In addition to being a really reliable probiotic and prebiotic supplement, Seed is committed to creating science-based education for all those that partner with them through accountable advertising at Seed University. This is where we are all committed to not spreading misinformation about health on the internet, which is pretty important. Also, I personally love their commitment to sustainability with a refill system and all recyclable or biodegradable packaging materials. Erica and I only advertise products that we use and feel are of benefit to us and by extension could be of value to our community. If you would like to order Seed Daily Symbiotics to incorporate into your own gut health routine, Go to seed.com and use Courageous15 at checkout for 15% off, or click on the link in our show notes or the link tree on Instagram. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's like an important thing to be reminded of. And I, I did hear the other day too, like this concept of willpower, it's like really 
doesn't really exist from like a biological standpoint. No, sure. Patterns, all that stuff that you can dive into like the why behind some of that for sure later on. But just from like you said, like a chemical perspective, your body is going to know what to go for first from a right. from energy perspective. And um, that oftentimes will be the fastest fuel available to you in any situation, which might not be the most like effective, effective <laughs> energy tool long-term throughout your day. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's interesting too, like the whole thing of willpower, willpower really just is a function of decisions, right? And choices and decision fatigue is real. Mm-hmm. The mental resources that we have and can put into those things are finite. And so it's not coincidence that our day might start out really, again, in air quotes, on track. And then by the mid-afternoon when stress has happened and work has happened and we've already made a whole bunch of food decisions in the day and, you know, then we're on our way home, it's not a coincidence that you're like, oh, let me just stop into the drugstore. Like Sour Patch Kids sounds awesome. (laughs) Right. Like that's chemical. It is. So how do you work with people or for any of our listeners who are listening, they're like, I feel this, like, I, I understand the nutritional component, or I know I shouldn't stop for the sour patch kids, but I just can't stop myself from doing it. Like, how do you work with people when you get to that step of the process? So, So fundamentally, when we start with the food stuff, your desire for those Sour Patch Kids changes. So right now it might feel like that stop on the way home from work is your Mount Everest. Mm -hmm. So first, let's start with the fundamental nutrition. So like if you're a note taker or whatever, like write this down. Protein and fiber at every meal makes removing fat no big deal. Protein and fiber at every meal makes removing fat no big deal. So protein is clean, lean protein, whatever you want that to be. Fiber is vegetables and sometimes fruit. And then the other thing you want every day is quality fats. And I have to figure out how to get that into the sentence without screwing up my little rhyme. So, (laughs) Um, but so when we start there, your cravings, your portion sizes, all these things will take care of themselves. So removing the obsession, removing the willpower, the white knuckles, the whole thing. Then when you're on your way home, or if we notice that it's a pattern of every day on your way home, it's this crazy sugar craving. Okay, well, now we got to look at what was for lunch. What time is dinner? We probably need a snack. You're probably going too long or your lunch didn't have sufficient protein because most people under eat protein because we've been told that a protein size is the palm of our hand. Like that's a snack. Um, So, you know, like there's generally a lot of things. So instead of saying, okay, well, every time you're on your way home, and listen, there are some times where I've said to a client, like just drive a different route so that we're changing the pattern Mm -hmm. in some really simple way. But the other side of that is, it's sometimes a lot easier to just be like, plan a snack, have the snack before you leave work instead of trying to like willpower your way, not turning to like, not turn into the parking lot. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so important and true. And it's, you're like preaching to the choir here. Talk about protein, fat and fiber. It's like, like, yeah, so aligned, but so I have and, a question because this comes up, um, a lot, even with our clients. And I'm sure some of our listeners we don't work with who, um, just listen to the podcast, but I always hear, right. Um, what if your partner, right? Like, okay, I'm going to make these changes. I'm going to take the different route home, but what if you have a partner yeah, or a friend group or X, Y, and Z who eats and lives a different way? This How do like we handle one of that? my favorite topics? Great. So, <laughs> this, so, this is, it's like, I feel like probably for you too, it's the most popular question. <laughs> well, also, so when I started really focusing on my weight, I li- I was in college and I lived with other people and I didn't want it to be a thing. So like one of the things for me at that time in my life was like, I don't want to share this with the people I'm living with because I'm paying enough attention for myself. I don't need everyone around me to be the food police. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need them looking at my plate. So it was easier for me to not say anything and to just do my thing. So when we would go to a restaurant, I love sharing food because I feel like then I get a couple bites of a bunch of different things and I feel like I had a whole lot more and whatever. But so I would just always be like, I would throw in one or two things that I knew I wanted. So a protein thing and generally one or two vegetables so that I knew at the very least, right, I could get those things from the meal that we were all sharing. And over time, they just knew that I was always going to ask for something green. And so somebody else could do the ordering. I didn't even, over time, like, I don't have to ask them for the thing that I want because they know the thing I'm going to ask for is something green. And when we're living with people And again, the dynamics are different when it's a roommate versus a significant other. And are you eating together? Are you trying to eat the same things? But the other side of it is, and I have a lot of clients who are parents, right? And they're like, well, what am I going to make my kids? Like, okay, PS, back up. Stop making separate meals for people. This is about humans. Last I checked, your kids are human. Your significant other is human. Like everybody's a human, This is about health and fundamentals. This is not about weight loss. Weight loss is the side effect. If you have weight to lose, your body will release it. But if you don't, this is called health. So the reality is we don't have to make a big deal out of it. Right. We can just say, hey, will you add some extra chicken for me? Just make one potato. I don't need it. Or do you want to split the potato? I feel like I don't need the whole thing. Like we don't have to turn it into a giant thing if we don't want it to be a giant thing. And then I think I told you guys the story. So I have a client, his significant other culturally like has dessert every night, no matter what home or eating out or whatever, like his partner has dessert. And culturally, he will always offer my client some of his dessert. And that is his way of showing love, you know? So we had a conversation about it. And I said, George, we want to, the other big piece of just like more generally, people want to be supportive. 
They don't know how. They think they're watching your plate is supportive. So one of the things that we want to do is tell people what to do. Don't just tell them what not to do. Tell them what to do. So in this case, it was like, George, what if you said to him, I love that you always offer me some of your dessert. It makes me feel really loved. And it makes me feel like I have to muster the courage to say no every night at the end of my day. So what if we do this? You don't have to offer me dessert anymore. I'm going to know, like we can just look at each other and I'll know that you're offering me dessert and then I don't have to say no. And if I want some, I'll ask you. Yeah. I mean, did, did that, can I ask you, like, did that feel, um, did that work? Did that yeah, he was communication? Yeah. And he was like, oh, I didn't really think about it that way. Right. Right. So on the one, like one of the things that we need to do is validate the partner and what their goal is, like no, help them know that they are being seen and heard and valued and received and let your needs be known and suggest a solution that works for everybody. So it's not taking something away from them, but gives you what you need, you know? And so he did it and he was like, oh my God, it made life so much easier. And so then sometimes with dessert, he'll then eat some fruit while his partner has something else if he wants it or not. Or sometimes he'll have one bite and that's it. But it took it away from being a giant thing. Yeah. It like takes the power away from the situation or the, and the anticipation that that's something I have to like deal with every single day. Right. Um, do you have any, I guess this sort of, I guess the root of what you're saying is like really feeling comfortable and identifying like how to communicate with your partner. Cause I also know of scenarios where people, um, instead of someone being like the plate police, it's, it's sort of the opposite where it's like yep. pure pressure, like, Oh, just you've on. been so good. You can have, have this. this. Yeah. I just have this where it's like, it, it kind of takes away any sense of, um, agency for really wanting to make a choice for yourself, um, in that way. So would you recommend having a similar kind of conversation and seeing like where the root of that sort of peer pressure comes from? Well, so yeah, it's interesting. Like those are some of what I call like the subtle saboteurs, right? Mm-hmm. Like the people who don't even realize that they're counterproductive. They think they're being super supportive and telling you how great you've been, right? That was all in air quotes, yeah. um, right? Like cause I hate using like good, bad words around any of this stuff, but like other people be like, Oh, you, you're so good. You don't like, yeah. PS, that's not what makes me a good human, but sure. Um, you know, <laughs> so like sometimes those are the people that I choose not to share this with. Mm-hmm. Like if that's their response, right. Or their tendency, then maybe they're not someone that I'm telling them that I'm focusing on this because then it's like they go out of their way to try to give you that reward or what they think is a reward. Instead, if we just don't talk about it and I just make the choices that I make and they just make the choices that they make, it doesn't have to be 
a suggestion or a thing between us or their commentary on what they think I'm doing. Right. Yeah. I think that is such a good point. Like it's so, and I, I think it takes a long time because I think sometimes when you're starting something new, you want to like shout it from the rooftops to try to like hold yourself accountable, but really it doesn't matter what anyone else is thinking or doing. It just matters what you think and you do. And I don't know, I had a recent experience with this, um, not with like in the weight loss space, but, um, like I love dairy and cheese and I'm sure I'm not, not going to ever have a piece of cheese again. Certainly not, but um, I love cheese. It just doesn't, who doesn't love cheese. No, same, but (laughs) I recently um, started noticing skin issues and, and I eat pretty well. And like, I take care of my gut as much as possible. I'm all about that. And I was like, this is weird. And, um, anyway, I, I started playing around with food to figure out what was the culprit and dairy is of course I should have Ali has Wait, can Ali I ask, knew. Can I yeah, ask another question? Yes. Where on your face was it? Um cheeks. So cheeks are also your lungs. Yeah. And dairy creates phlegm. Yeah. It makes so much sense. So, yeah. yeah. Ali Ali's been telling me for like years to like stop eating cheese <laughs> or stop eating dairy. <laughs> but from like, you know, uh, an yeah. infl- and I knew this, I knew it. Right. But it's an emotional food for me, et cetera, et cetera. But my point to this story is, and it's, it's amazing. Happy to report like skin issues massively, massively, um, improved with the cutting out dairy. I think red wine might also be a culprit, but I'm not cutting that out. And it's I don't much, blame much, you. much better. With, there are certain things that we're willing certain to things that we're not, right. but again, I, I definitely don't drink wine as much as I was eating cheese. So it's, it's much better. I'm digressing. My point is to bring it back to what we're talking about. I, it's now been over, like about a month, over a month. And now I'm just starting to talk to people about it because it wasn't really anyone's business that I was cutting cheese and, or cutting dairy other than of course, like my husband knew, but he doesn't eat cheese. But I just realized I was like, if I tell certain members of my family, they're going to not, they're going to try to get me to eat cheese. Like I have family members that are, are like that, like, just come on, yeah. like, have, have a slice. Like you're and the fine. other thing is like going back to where our conversation started about diet culture and yep. all this misinformation everybody thinks that they know what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So or, if you were to say, I'm cutting out cheese and be like, no, you don't have to cut out cheese. This is what you're supposed cut to cut out, out the gluten. gluten. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but in that same way, like that was going to be my next point. Or I didn't want to trigger people because of diet culture to yeah. be like, oh, should I cut cheese? Or like, oh, is it bad that I'm eating dairy? Because for some people, it's not bad to eat dairy. Go enjoy it. Like it doesn't affect your skin, your gut, lucky you. But, um, I was just like, it, it doesn't affect anybody but me. So why do I like, you know, nobody notices. Yeah. And to that point, right. So knowing what I do for a living, people watch what I eat a lot. And in particular, like we'll be on a family vacation. And I will tell you, like my mom is one of my best clients, right? Like I coached my family in 2011 before my sister's wedding, like talk about a challenging group of clients. Um, but so she'll look at what I'm eating and then she'll be like, oh, well then maybe it's okay for me to have that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, PS, I don't eat this every day. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But we all have, and it was just a really good example of no matter what side of the spectrum we're on or what side of the table, right, we're sitting at, we all make these assumptions and these leaps in our mind. And I think it's really important to be like, what works for me is different than what works for you. And so P.S. If you're the friend whose friend has said that they're focusing on something, shut up. Pardon my French. Stop talking. Say nothing. What I always say too is like compliment the energy, compliment their uh, glow, right? Compliment how they're showing up, their confidence. Those pieces you can comment on. Compliment them about any of those kinds of things and ignore the details because your details are going to be different than their details. Yeah. Thank you. That's really good. I think that's really good sort of advice and brings it back to what you were talking about in the beginning where yes, we are all humans. And so the majority 99 point, whatever it is, percentage, yeah. there's the basics of nutrition to understand. And then that 0.1% or whatever is where our bio-individuality comes in. And that's where the is the details that you're talking yeah. about now. So I think that's, you know, Erica's details and my details right. are slightly different. And oftentimes they are. And the cool thing is as colleagues, we get excited to discuss the difference of the details now. Um, but that you have to have a real certain framework and, and a, a space in which we can sort of like professionally choose to share that with each other. Exactly. And there are certain friends who yeah. you share that stuff with because you guys both vibe, right? Like Erica, your family are not the people you share that with because they're not going to vibe with you on that and be well, in yeah. that conversation in that way. Like, absolutely. Like, and, well, and I just some- know, I just knew like my brother, like, let's say like three months from now, I have like a slice of pizza that he makes great pizza. He'd be like, see, you're not off dairy. And it's like, you just don't need that energy. Like, you know, like I right. said, it's not like you're never going to have a piece of cheese again or a piece of cake or cough. It's just, I'm a firm believer in you are what you do most of the time. And for my skin right now, my most of the time is not going to be dairy. That's it. It's not a never right. thing. It's just a most of the time right. thing. Yeah. And I think it goes back to recognizing too, for a lot of us, like not every friend is the friend you tell everything to, right? So there are some friends that are great to go to the movies with because you don't have to talk the whole time, right? And then there are some friends where like, you don't have to see them for ages and you pick up right where you left off. And then there's other friends where like, if you don't talk to them all the time, you're probably not friends, right? Because they need that. Or there's other friends where you're like, this person gives the best advice about these things and sucks when it comes to these things, right? Like not every friend has to be the everything friend. And the same thing is with this. Like choose carefully the people you share your details with in this process and know that that's okay. Like not every friend has to be involved in every piece of our lives. No, and I think that's actually a generally a good thing, which took me to my 30s to really internally. Not just about what we're talking about today, but about everything. Everything, right. Your business is your business and who you choose to share certain aspects of your business with is your business also. And so, and that it's not like, you know, the, the, the pull the audience or like the phone a friend (laughs) thing. I think that often comes 
from a place of whatever, whatever it's about, whether it's about a food journey or whether it's about a relationship or whether it's about family stuff, it often comes from a place of not trusting that the process of whatever you're doing or feeling or decisions you're making is really working for you um, and that you can trust yourself on that. Yeah. And I mean, there's also something to be said for, like we were talking about before with um, like that drive home from work and figuring out, you know, what's happening. There is an argument for not doing things alone for somebody else who can look and identify patterns. Mm -hmm. And again, it's about choosing carefully, right? Who are those people? And so I think in a lot of ways, people are going to offer, right, their commentary on your situation from their perspective and their history and their stuff, right? Like only certain people with potentially certain skills or certain training, right? Or have developed the muscle to be able to look at things in a different way and look at it from your history rather than from their own history, right? So recognizing too, that a lot of times when we poll the audience, all of their responses are based on their history, not based on yours. Yes. And that's why people work with a coach. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Ultimately, which comes back to the work that you do now. And before we wrap up, I just want to touch on one other point that you shared in your intro with us, which I thought was really, I'm glad you shared it. And I think it's really important for anybody in any field to hear is that you worked 12 years before going full-time, which is A, a testament to your actual true passion for the work that you do is that you had that, you know, consistency with that. Um, But that also sometimes, you know, building a business or having a creative project or being an entrepreneur, oftentimes they seem like overnight journeys for people. They are not (laughs) overnight journeys as you laugh, right? So, and I think that's an important thing. We share that with a lot of people's stories because we do have a lot of people who have built businesses on this show. And, um, and I love, I actually love hearing those kinds of stories because it pulls away, um, sort of the illusion that we oftentimes see on social media and in marketing that like this stuff is like, oh, and then I just had a business with a clientele and that type of thing. So right. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's one of those things where like, I laugh also because you say consistency, because what I saw over those 12 years was on some level, the opposite of consistency, right? Like it, there were certain times where I felt like I wasn't doing that much in my business or like other things would get busier or whatever. And I think that's also part of the beauty of a side hustle, right? Is that it doesn't have to be a hundred percent all the time and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. Like there were times in those years where I did more or less and certainly times where I thought about quitting, like, let's be clear. There were a lot of times where I would leave and I'm exhausted. And there was always this other stuff that I should be doing or could be doing. And I would talk myself through it over and over of like, 
God, it would kind of just be easier if all I had to do when I left work was meet my friends for a drink, you know, but okay. And I'd play that out and it's like, okay, well, where would that leave me? Like if I gave all this stuff up, then I'm stuck in this job or having to work for somebody else for the rest of my life. And I still don't want that. Like I'm not going to pick that, which means that I'm going to still want something else. And so if I'm going to pick something else, what would that something else be if it's not this? And then I'd be like, okay, I'm still doing this, right? But I'd go through that whole circular logic over and over and over for 12 years. Yeah, man. I almost feel like that's like the perfect, like before we head into our wrap up questions, like tie into everything, because like you said, like nothing worthwhile is easy. And like, it is easier to just continue patterns or it's just easier to have the dessert with your partner because he's offering it to you and it's harder to have the Mm -hmm. conversation or yeah, it's easier to stay in the same place in the same job, but easier isn't that right. Like easier. I think there's like easier for a minute or Mm -hmm. easier long-term because it's easier in that second to just say yes. But then it creates this whole snowball, which is not easier. And so mm-hmm. it's a, it's just shifting what we decide easier means. And like that inner belief and self, like you, like, like we've talked about this whole conversation, like you don't need to tell the whole peanut gallery what you're doing. You, you just have to have that, right? I think it all comes from everyone's journey to lead them to like deeper conviction with self, right? Like in, and choice and that's like yeah. deep philosophical stuff. But, um, I think that's the key to everything is, um, you know, your relationship with self is the key to all of this. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's a good segue actually into our wrap up questions. And we always ask three at the end for all of our guests. And the first one is what does your daily self care look like? How do you take care of yourself? And then do you have any non-negotiables in your day? Um, all of my self-care is non-negotiable. Luckily I live alone and I set my own schedule. And so that can be the case, (laughs) right? Um, my vitamins, my workouts, my food choices. And that doesn't mean that they're perfect food choices. P.S. Like I'm the opposite of perfect. That's the goal also. Um, like getting ready for bed or waking up in the morning, like my, my washing my face little routine is super important for me. I meditate every day. Um, those are like the big non-negotiables. And I typically also listen to something, whether it's a book or a podcast, I listen to something that feeds me makes me smarter or feeds my soul or, you know, that I enjoy. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. The next question we ask everyone is what does being courageous mean to you? Feel all the feels, take the step, feel all the feels, take the next step. Thank you. I always love hearing people's um, 
answers to that one. That's a good one. The the final um, question we have is, do you have any book recommendations? Um, It can be on anything, not necessarily on food or nutrition, but just something that's meant something or been inspiring to you. So I'm a total book junkie. So if you want more, but based on our conversation and sort of the first thing that came to mind when you said book was the four agreements. Great. Thank you. So, so. yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. We've had, I'm like, I, feel I like, could keep going. Yeah. Well, if anybody wants Jen's full list, <laughs> reach out to her. <laughs> so where can everyone find you? If they want to follow you on Instagram, listen to your podcast or work with you, where can they find all of those things? Yeah. So Instagram, Facebook, all the social media, I'm at Jen Trepek, J-E-N-N-T-R-E-P-E-C-K. And please reach out to me. Like I love nothing more than to hear your key takeaway or what's sticking with you from our conversation. Um, and the podcast is Salad with a Side of Fries, Salad with a Side of Fries podcast.com, Salad with a Side of Fries pod on Instagram, but all the places, wherever you're listening now, we're there. So you can search for it or find a link on my social. Thank you. And thank you so much again for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.